Hey, I know that sound effect. Did you think of another way to solve Fizzbuzz? Well, no, last time it was just a sound effect. This time it's to celebrate over 2,500 downloads. Wow, 2,500 downloads already? Let's definitely start by thanking our listeners for their awesome feedback and support. Thank you, listeners. You're the ones who make the podcast possible. We're still creating episode two, but in the meantime, we wanted to put out a postscript for episode one, answering more listener questions and reflecting on what it's like to run giveaways on Twitter. You're all about the free stuff, aren't you? Want to hear more? This is Python Out Loud, Episode 1, Postscript, recorded on March 5th, 2018, at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Welcome to Python Out Loud, a podcast journey from learner to developer. Today, we start by sharing our experiences with giveaways on Twitter. Seriously, Isaiah, everyone likes free stuff. And thanks again, by the way, to Michael Kennedy for generously donating TalkPython course bundles for us to give away. Yeah, thank you. As great as receiving free stuff might be, it's been even more awesome to give away stuff to our awesome Twitter followers. Well, and by the time the recording comes out, we're, we'll have already wrapped up our fourth and final giveaway, which you've been handling. Can you tell our listeners what that's been like? Sure. You know, I don't have any marketing experience, so I just decided to make it fun for myself by tweeting regularly. So it wasn't just about the giveaways. I also tried to make it useful for myself by thinking about our Twitter account for Python Out Loud as a way to have a curated list of other people on Twitter to follow that we might enjoy learning from. I think it's great you've used the podcast as a motivator to try new things. I know in the beginning you've been mostly just a lurker on social media, but it looks like more and more you've become this Kardashian of Python programming. Kevin, did you just call me a Kardashian? I suppose next you're going to tell me there are four lights when there are clearly five. Wait. Did you just turn my pop culture reference into something about Star Trek again? Star Trek The Next Generation, actually. Though the Cardassians did also feature prominently in DS9. Is that your main superpower? Making everything into Star Trek references? Yeah, well, I figure it's my best possible defense against pop culture and small talk in general. Eventually, most people give up and stop trying to explain things to me. Mm, like right now. Sure. So moving back to Twitter... I figure if we have tweets about more than just giveaways, anyone checking out our Twitter account would be more likely to follow, and that if tweets were related to episode content, they might be fun for our listeners as well. Well, thanks again for handling that. It's exciting to see our Twitter follower account continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. All I did, though, was make corny jokes, like anyone with a teaching background does, when they don't know what else to say. And besides, you've been busy running your consulting company. Oh, yeah, which thanks for mentioning, you know, a bit of blatant self-promotion here, but Kai Analytics has had some great traction lately. And I've been fortunate to be involved in an exciting project. Oh, really? Like what? Well, we just recently announced a project where we're building a blockchain system to track coffee supply chain, which has sort of snowballed into a conference in the Philippines later this month. That's so awesome. Uh, Well, but anyways, back to Twitter. I also like how you've been tweeting about specific discussions in each episode with links to the time points. Yeah, you know, it seemed like a good way to fill the gap between new episodes. I think the tweets I enjoy the most, though, are your polls. 
Yeah, thanks. Those have definitely been the most fun for me since they're all about direct interaction with our followers. But as I recall, it was your idea to poll our listeners about whether they've ever been asked to solve FizzBuzz in a job interview. Which, uh, surprisingly, no respondents had. However, one of our followers at RND Jeff replied to our tweet about the poll results saying it happened to him once before FizzBuzz became popular. And quoting from his tweet, I was eyeing the interviewer suspiciously. Why did he want me to do something so simple? That's really interesting. Given how much people talk about FizzBuzz these days, I guess it's not surprising no one would ask it in an interview anymore. There are just too many solutions floating around, which I guess could allow anyone for whom FizzBuzz isn't straightforward to fake programming knowledge. That makes sense. Just like some of the websites you've shown me where people can add the questions they've been asked on a encoding interview. Right. But those sites typically have much more sophisticated problems as well, like reversing a linked list or tricky combinatorial things. Sounds tricky, but it was also your idea to have a poll on whether listeners started counting at zero or one after telling us that mathematicians got into fistfights over it, rather than just splitting the difference and starting at 0.5. Right. Just like Goal Madrid and Captain Picard should have agreed that there were 4.5 lights. And I suppose that's yet another Star Trek reference? Nope. Same one as before. Yes, but is that the zeroth time or the first time you've used that reference? Or perhaps the 0.5th time. Hey, Kevin. We promised listeners we'd respond to more of their questions. Okay, let me just code up another quick Python random draw script. And the first question is... Does someone need to be a fan of the Monty Python to successfully code in Python? And what if they're afraid of snakes? Actually, that's two questions. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack there. Don't you mean to uncoil? Uh, sure. So the question reminds me of an episode of another show called Podcast in It. I think it was in episode 37 that the host interviews some of the people who manage the PEP process. And that's PEP as in Python Enhancement Proposal. Right. In order to keep the Python language growing in a dynamic, community-driven fashion, anyone can submit a PEP, a Python enhancement proposal, suggesting ways to change the Python programming language. Just about anyone. What if people aren't Trekkies or Monty Python fans? Sure. Even non-Trekkies and people who aren't Monty Python fans can submit. But it doesn't hurt to be both. Well, that's the Morgan's Law for you. It totally is. And it's especially awesome hearing the people behind the PEP process discuss how the Python language has evolved over the last three decades, with people like Barry Warsaw sharing stories about choosing variable names for Python documentation from scripts for the 1970s TV show, Monty Python's Flying Circus. Well, that makes sense, since the Python language is named after Monty Python. Yeah, and in my opinion, the world is all the better for it. Maybe we should include links in the show notes to some example Python documentation with Monty Python-inspired humor in it. So what I'm hearing is that, at worst, someone who isn't a Monty Python fan can program in Python, but they might not get all the spam and age jokes. Speaking of which, I know that spam comes from a Monty Python skit, but have you ever actually tried real spam? Yes, and I especially like it in a jam on the lamb with green eggs. Uh Uh-huh. On behalf of Kevin, I apologize to anyone involved in maintaining the legacy of Dr. Seuss. And for our next question, which will definitely up the geekiness a bit, what is a confidence interval? I'm guessing they're asking because of your tweet. Oh, you mean our Metapol, 
which was our poll about a poll, where we tweeted the results of our poll asking whether counting should start at zero or one. And we held a new poll asking whether we should have another poll since the original poll was inconclusive. Could a statistician be more extra? Uh, Yeah, you do realize being extra isn't a good thing, right? I have no response to that, Kevin. Okay, good, because I've lost track of how many times you said polls. But uh, why don't we get back to telling the listener more about confidence intervals? It's hard to be a statistics geek in this world. So anyway, to build a confidence interval, we first pick a confidence level, like 95%, since nothing is ever 100% certain in statistics. Then, assuming the data in a poll are representative of the general population, we can calculate a range of values where 95% confident will contain the actual value we're interested in knowing. So because our Twitter followers are representatives of the population of awesome Python programmers, phew, we're 90% confident that those who started counting at zero is between 34% and 74%. Right. Which means the poll was inconclusive since the interval is so wide. That's too bad, but it just shows how controversial a topic this is. Now, did you calculate the confidence interval using Python or just by hand? Just by hand. Confidence intervals aren't too bad to do, but I think there's a Python package, something like stats models, which I guess I could have used. Well, let's put the link to that in the show note in case any of our listeners want to check your math. Um, Sure, why not? But there's also the issue of bias. Even given how awesome our Twitter followers are, We have no idea who actually voted. It could be that Python programmers who start counting at zero are in the minority, but are also more likely to vote in a Twitter poll. Maybe the poll is random enough that the sample was as well. If only it were that simple. That reminds me of the hook I came up with for explaining sampling bias during an invited lecture at a statistical programming conference I was at last year. Uh Uh-oh, I feel like a cheesy professor joke is coming. Yes, it is. Good guess. So here it is. Experimental design explained in a single sentence is that it's all about that bias, that bias, it's trouble. So much for avoiding pop culture references. You ripped off a song from a few years ago. You realized that, right? Well, you know, some pop culture is impossible to avoid, but it was so much fun to say throughout the lecture, you know, and um, I even asked the audience to say it along with me and some of them really got into it. Really? How so? Well, funny story. So the next day, this really happened. A couple came up to me with their son, eight, nine years old. All three of them had been at my lecture. And the son, he started saying to me, unprompted, it's all about that bias, that bias, it's trouble. Sounds like the kid is trouble. As are all budding statisticians. And now for our last question, why will episode two be about the Python challenges? Hey, that's a perfect question to end on. Perhaps too perfect. Are you sure you used the random module correctly to choose an actual listener question? Hey, it's what happens when you call random.sample on a list with only one item left. Fair enough. We'll be discussing the Python challenges because they're an excuse to talk about interesting computer science and programming concepts. And also the Python standard library, as we mentioned last episode. Absolutely. And since I've already had a chance to work through the challenges, we'll rely on you to tell our listeners what it's like to solve them for the first time. Yeah, we'll be able to give two completely different takes. Yeah, and if episode two goes well, maybe we can invite guests to join us in future episodes and have them talk about their experiences solving Python challenges as well. And I suppose you'll also want to ask our guests to sponsor the episodes they're in. Why? 
Is there a problem with how we're currently handling sponsorship? No, you're right. We're happy with our current sponsors. And remind me who they are again? If you insist, but not all of them are Star Trek fans, though. This is commercial. Take one. Hey, Kevin, what's with the music? That's not our theme song. No, it's our commercial theme. Did we pick up a corporate overlord while I wasn't looking? No, because Python Out Loud is brought to you by you. By me? No, no, no. By you, as in our listeners. And how can our listeners help support us? Well, definitely first by continuing to listen, but then to also tell your friends and your coworkers and your loved ones about the show. And if they want to level up their support? Then they can go to pythonoutloud.com slash donate to support us on Patreon. Or they can just leave us a review on iTunes or wherever they get their podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. We want Python Out Loud to be community-driven and nonprofit-oriented, which is why we pledge to be transparent and donate anything in excess of our operating expenses to the Python Software Foundation. Yes, please help us make the first Trans-Pacific Python podcast successful. Wow, Kevin. This episode has had so much Twitter in it. I hope our followers keep sending us awesome questions and comments, letting us know what they think about the show. Yeah, feel free to contact us on Twitter, where we're at PythonOutloud, or email us via pythonoutloud at gmail.com. Actually, one of our giveaway winners at My Own Myth told us that the Talk Python course bundles we gave him was, and to quote, the best prize I've won on Twitter for sure. Another winner at JMG Tech said, sweet. Thanks, all. I look forward to more podcasts and all the learning I'll be doing. That's so awesome. If we get more stuff donated to us, we'll definitely have to have another giveaway. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Well, now I have to find a pet store for our next episode. Don't take the name Python Challenge too literally, Kevin. Wait, weren't you the one telling me about a podcasting friend who told you to stay mighty at the microphone? Yeah, but I don't think he meant we should record ourselves wrestling actual snakes. Well, can we at least include a sound effect of a snake hissing? That's a hard pass. In the meantime, please subscribe to our RSS feed and view show notes at pythonoutloud.com slash episode one postscript, all lowercase, one word. And follow us on Twitter, where we're at Python Out Loud. Be recording the sound effects of the snakes ourselves. Still a hard pass. Hey, you aren't afraid of snakes, are you? There's only room for wrangling one python in my life. <laughs> <laughs>